This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to the Chels. Here we go. It's been another strange old week, but we've got through it. We're in the Champions League. We've got a Champions League final to come and more on that later because somebody I know is going to that game. Um, but yeah, what a strange time. Leicester we got to talk about, Villa away, then the Champions League final, as I said. To go through this momentous week, it's Mr. Andy Saunders. Hello, Andy. How are you, mate? I'm all right. Well, uh, how's your week been? We'll get on to the football in a minute. Have, have you had a good week? I've had a strange week. It's been wet, isn't it? It's pouring with rain at the moment again as we approach June. So I'm hoping that by next week it starts to clear up a little bit because that's all a bit depressing. So what's been happening to me? So uh, the good news is that as we speak, my son and his wife are in the maternity ward. Um, and hopefully in the next few hours, I'll be a granddad, which is nice. Um, so fingers crossed and best wishes to them. Um, my dog isn't well. So my dog's been at the vet today. He's quite old. So that's a little bit worrying. Um, didn't get any cricket this weekend because of the rain. So it's been a funny old week. Oh, that is um, great news, sad news, mixed news. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, How about it's, you? What have you been up to? Um, I've just been getting on with me. River Project. Jackie oh, yeah. and I have been out. We've been, we've just dodged the rain again today. We've been out interviewing people about um, uh, making changes to farming and making it environmentally friendly with some people who've got some really forward thinking thoughts. And we just managed to finish before the rains descended upon us. So Excellent. that was quite good and got back in time to talk to you. So, good. yeah, it's been right. I've been out dodging rain mm. successfully this week. That's, that's been the take home from that. Um, and, yeah, I would, I would suggest you're probably very happy about uh, your grandchild arriving because 
Wasn't your grandchild meant to be arriving on the day of the Champions League final? Yes, he's um, he's going to be a little bit early, which is I suppose that's good. Uh, it's good for my son because he won't be uh, worried about you know sort of jetting off to a hospital. He'll be able to sit down and watch it. He's a massive Chelsea fan, so uh, that'll be good. And um, yeah, no, so it's all good. We're, we're just hoping everything goes well. And um, as I say, by the time this goes out, it will it will probably be be all good. Well, yes, I won't say congratulations yet. That's far too early. But as soon as it's time, let me know. And, um, yeah, well, it means also you mentioned jetting off. We might as well, might as well mention it now. You're jetting off to the Champions League final, aren't you? I am. I am very exciting. Yes, I wasn't going to go because I would have had to go on my own because my aforementioned son... Uh, obviously can't go. Um, and you have no friends. And I have no friends. Um, but my, my, my actual friend, Steve, uh, who I sit next to <laughs> at Stamford Bridge, uh, who's married to the lovely Anita. Anita can't go. So so he would have had to go on his own. On his own. So we were having a conversation. He's like, oh, I don't really want to go. I'd have to go on my own. And I was like, well, I'd have to go on my own. Why don't we go together? But he only had, I think, 62 loyalty points. And so he wasn't sure that he'd even get a ticket. I've got about 90, so I would have got a ticket it quite easily um and i said to him look you know i'm i'm kind of fussed so why don't you apply for tickets and if you get them and apply for me at the same time and if you get them we'll go and if you don't then well it's not meant to be is it and and he got them so we're off we're jetting off to porto which is i'm now very excited about it well it's incredible and won't this mean that you're still 100 percent on european finals yeah, well, I suppose in 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 you know it's, it's since we've been regularly in them. So I went to Stockholm with you, yes, um, and then I went to what would be the next one, Moscow. Yep, um, and then I went to Amsterdam, and then I went to Munich, obviously, um, Baku. Can't think I've missed any there. But anyway, all the European finals I've been to since nineteen ninety seven or whatever, I didn't go. Oh, and then obviously, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's it. And then before that was, uh, wasn't it, the Real Madrid one in 1971 or something? And I was a bit young for I was only six then. Not like you, well, you were probably in your 20s, weren't you? But <laughs> Yeah, we, well, that's when the world was in black and white. So, um, yeah, no, it's... In Athens. Not, yeah, exactly. And uh, no, I think it's a, an impressive list of games you've got going on there. So. Yeah. I'm Tell just very me. fortunate. I mean, I just I think yeah. I always think of myself as very lucky to be able to do that. I know there's people who give their right arm to go to these kind. I mean, I've been to two Champions League finals. You know, people dream of that of just going yeah. to a final. You know, I've been to dozens of FA Cup finals and you know Carling Cup finals and seen us win the league five times in person and all that stuff. I mean, I'm very very blessed and fortunate to do that. So I, I certainly don't take that for granted. No, absolutely. And uh, it's just funny when you think when we first knew each other. And the aspirations we had, which was maybe one day we'll get to a cup final. I know. Remember how excited we were in, was it 97? Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When yeah. we played, uh, no, 94, when we played well, 94 uh, Manchester when we United. Lost. Yeah. And uh, we got smashed, didn't we? Was it 4-1? 4-0, four, four uh, I think, wasn't it? 4-0. And um, we, uh, we, what was the score in that game? It's going to bug me now. 4-0. 4-0, yeah. Yeah, we were absolutely battered, didn't we? And I remember, yeah. I remember being incredibly excited about that. And it was a, a rainy day, and I had a really bad cold. I seem to remember, which is miserable. And then, uh, and then the, the absolute ecstasy of winning the FA Cup final against Borough, and then, uh, and then Villa, and then you know the sort of League Cup final as well. I mean, it's just, just since then, it's just been an, an incredibly, you know, we could never have dreamed of what we've experienced since '97. 
Yeah, and what I would say is every team should always lose their first final in a competition. So that's a message to Man City, by the way. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's good for the soul. So I mean, we'll talk about we'll talk about the, the the Champions League final, but it just would be a massive bonus, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm not going. I'm going there with my expectations firmly managed. Um, you know, if we win, that'll be great. I mean, the thing is, I don't think anything could ever replace the joy of Munich. You know, the 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 the, the times that we almost did it, almost got to the final. You know, the 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 Moscow disaster, all that stuff. To win it in Munich against Munich in their own stadium was. I don't think that could ever be bettered. So if we win it on Saturday, it'll be fantastic. It'll be brilliant. You know, I'm I'm, I'm sure I'll be in ecstasy about it, but it, it won't be the same. And if we lose it, then we lose it. You know, I mean, and, and I'll be very disappointed, but I certainly won't be as depressed as I was after Moscow. Um, and I doubt I'll be elated as I was after Munich. You know, those two were, were two iconic games for very different reasons. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, it's the same thing, isn't it? Losing your first final... Well, and then winning a final, those those are the extremes of emotions, and you've had them. The first time you win, look, the first time we won that cup in 97, I, I thought, it doesn't, and it won't get better than this. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the first time that. we'd won the cup, to be fair. You know, we'd won no, it no, in no, but in our lifetime, in our lifetimes as true yeah. fans, yeah. going to games, it really was like, look, I saw the 1970 final. I don't really remember much about it. All I remember is that day changed my life forever. And I was a Chelsea fan for life. Um, seeing us win in 97 was something that I honestly didn't expect in our lifetime. We mm. were never that team that would mm. then go off and win a cup and mm. then maybe another one. So, you know, it, I, I just pinch myself every day and remind myself how lucky I am to be a Chelsea fan. Yeah. That's, that's really how I feel about it. So, yeah. you know, yeah, look, go there this weekend. God, I really want it to be that I get that message from you in the stadium game, this is unbelievable. I'll you know, FaceTime you, mate. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because because this is what it's all about. And yeah, we've been there. We've been around the block. It's another final. Who knows how we'll feel at the end of it. It'll be a horrifically be... long day. I mean, you know, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, the club are subsidising the flights. So the flights are 199 quid, which is good. I think Man City are actually sort of paying for everybody to do everything, aren't they? I don't quite know what oh, the details are. are. Okay. They're, they're doing, they're, you know, they're basically just giving it to people, I think. Um, but but the club are subsidising the Chelsea flights via a sports travel company so that's 199 quid tickets are expensive so tickets we've got are, i think are 154 quid and that's category three category one tickets are over 500 quid um but they were for munich if i seem to remember um and then you've got to get the pcr test done before you go the private one because you're not allowed to use the nhs so that's that's you know 150 200 quid so you know, there's a little bit of cost involved in it, and then there's the you know get there at silly o'clock in the morning for a silly o'clock flight, you know, a six a.m. flight, drop you off in Porto, spend the day in Porto, watch the game, herd you back onto the coaches, back onto an aeroplane, and back at silly o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning. You know, so it's one of those really, really long, grueling days. But you know, which is amazing if you win because you're utterly buzzing, and horrific if you lose, completely binary. 
Yeah, absolutely. The PCR test, I presume that means someone else does it for you as well. Don't, yeah, don't you've got they? to get a, uh, a government-approved fit-to-fly PCR test, um, which is when they stick the thing up your nose and in your throat, and then you get the results you know, 24 hours later. Um, and it's got to be you know, approved and mandated. Um, but you're not allowed to use the NHS ones for those. Because yeah, I think that's a kind of luxury to be able to do that. So you have to buy it. And, of course, there's a load of companies out there that will scalp you for the privilege of doing it. Yeah, and also, I guess there's something in it that, you know, when when we had COVID here, um, it's I, I guess it's to make sure that the test is done correctly because yeah. a, lo- a lot of people can do it themselves and get it wrong. Yeah. So they can't afford that, and also it'll screw everything up. This way... It's a it's a catch all, isn't it? Yeah, and then, then you've got to do a day two test when you come back. So you've got to do right. one on or before day two, which is an extra cost as well, uh, which is another seventy eighty quid. So you know you ma- it racks up. Although so I do got remember when I went nine to- on the flight, you got. 150 on the ticket yeah so you you know two 350 then 180 did you say for the pcr well i think yeah so it's going to be about let's call it one between 150 and 200 quid it's about 500 quid before you've yeah before and you've then the a drink and a lunch and you know and all that kind of stuff and you know airport parking and all that stuff you know so yeah. i mean it's it does rack up it's not it's not a poor man's game anymore well, and imagine what it would have been like if they weren't subsidising the flight. Because well, I think my flights to Munich were, you know, and I went with a the club then. They were, I think they were between six and eight hundred quid the flights, and ticket was yeah. just as expensive. And you know, I did that in a day as well. And Moscow, and Moscow, I did in a day as well, which was four hours there, four hours back in the right, a just awful, awful day, which we talked about before. But you know, that was really <laughs> expensive. You know, Baku was subsidised, so you know, it's it is, um, you know, it's expensive, but. These are these are you know once in a lifetime opportunities for some people. So yeah, know, to be good. able to say you, I mean, I've lucky. I've been able to say I've watched this live win the Champions League, and so have you. Um, yeah. And it would be nice to do it again. But you know, for some people, it's it's that it could be their only chance. And and just remember, if it's bad, it can never be as bad as losing to United in Moscow, can it? I don't think no matter it, what. Well, I don't think anything could be ever as bad as John Terry missing a penalty to win the Champions League. No. Nothing. Scarred Never mind the experience. Me. Yeah. Well, uh, do you know, I have still yet to watch it back. I've never watched it. I've never, ever watched it. I've no interest. No. It's it's just, I can't, I can't go there. I'd just be an emotional wreck if mm. I watched it. <laughs> it is interesting, isn't it? The, you know, I mean, probably a good way to segue into into the games that we have had, you know, over the last week. The fight for the Champions League, you mean? Mm. So, yes, okay, so there we were, turned over in a cup final by Leicester, and then we have to play him three days later. Mm. Um, Yeah, I mean, you couldn't write this stuff. I mean, it is true football nonsense that Mm. that's what happens with the fixture list. Um, So, yeah, I was kind of thinking, we've surely got to have some comeback here. We've surely got to take control of our destiny and... Surely now this is going to be, you know, something we really concentrate and work for. So how are you feeling about Tuesday after the loss of the cup final? Well, I was excited because I went. <gasps> That's what I was just about to say. Yeah, I, w- I went. So I was excited about going. I didn't go to the cup final for reasons I've expressed before. Didn't fancy it. Um, but Stamford Bridge, man, I wanted to go back. And it'd been, I think, 15 months or something since, since I'd been there. Um, and so I went with my son. And 
it was incredible, Kerry. I think I said to you, it was incredible. 8,000 fans in the stadium making an absolute raucous noise, which makes you think, who are all these people that don't sing? Because obviously those 8,000 fans, it was done on loyalty points, so tend to be the fans that go to away games who are, who are noisy and up for it anyway. But the noise they made was incredible, and you do sit there thinking, if 42,000 people made that noise, it would be insane. So, you know, what I came out of it thinking, you know, more singing, less selfies, please, because if we did that, it would be an absolute cauldron. Um, but it was fantastic, and the process to get in there was fairly straightforward. You had to wear a mask and show your medical certificate. They, you had to fill in a little medical certificate, uh, show your ticket, and um, and you were in. And then I was in the Upper East Stand, which is a bit weird, because normally I sit in the West End Lower. Um, but I had really good seats on the halfway line, uh, you know, spare seats or, or empty seats all around me for social distance which was you know to be fair was quite nice didn't have somebody holding up an ipad in front of me for the whole game um or any idiots um so thoroughly enjoyed it and it was an absolute rip roar of a game as well yeah and it's interesting about the fans um because i was talking to a few people uh on the monday and they said i said what was it like in inside the ground at wembley and they said to be honest Leicester were the only ones who were really singing. Uh, it wasn't rigged because we talked about the sound. Maybe they'd made it more Leicester friendly. They said, no, Chelsea didn't really sing well at the final. And I thought that was intriguing. I thought, oh, what's it going to be like for the league game? Anyway, I tell you, as soon as I switched on the TV, I just went, this is different gravy. It was amazing, I mean, mate. It, it came across on the TV. You know, sometimes people say, oh, the atmosphere was great. And you go, oh, couldn't really tell that. But it was buzzing through the TV. It was incredible. Oh, they really, really got to the players as well, I think. You know, the players were clearly reacted to it and were pumped for the game. Um you know, even before the game started, they came up to warm up. I mean, even Kepper got a massive round of applause when he walked towards the goal. I say even Kepper because we know the kind of nonsense that's directed at him. And and the fans were up to it. The the you know the the players were up to it, up for it. And you know what you didn't see on the telly was all the players getting pumped up before the game. You know, really sort of chest bumping each other and. You know, from the off, you could tell that they were totally up for it, which has, you know, been a little bit missing in recent games and was perhaps missing missing yesterday against Villa. But against Leicester, you just knew in the first minute that they were up for it. Yeah, and, and actually, there's, there is a point about the Villa game that relates to what you're just talking about in the fact that actually, with no fans, it's been skewed. You know, that, that you know that that critical moment... There's no crowd to lift the player to do whatever it is we want them to do or they need to do. Um, with just having home fans, it pumps the home team. Because let's not forget, there's been more away victories or something this season than any other season because it takes away that. I just wonder if just the home fans is intimidating for the away teams. And maybe that's what happened with us against Villa as well. That, you know, you just... It's, it is just a cauldron of opposition mm. if you're the away team. So I don't know. Um, all I know is whatever way it works, having fans in a stadium is part of the game. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know whether I'd be sitting in a quarter, if that, fifth for a fifth full stadium uh, with a sort of an echoey to hearing the player shouting on the pitch like I was at a sort of training session, which would have been miserable, and which is one of my fears, you know, whether it would be that experience. But it wasn't. It was like being at a game with a bit more room around you. Um, and 
I just found myself totally and utterly swept up in the in the whole drama of it and that's what you go to football for to, for that for that escapism and that ability to just completely lose yourself in a game and you know and having f- had 15 months of of it on the TV to have that experience again was a little bit overwhelming to be honest yeah well I can understand that I honestly it translated through the TV so you felt as though you were watching an experience if that yeah. makes sense that fight it's... at the end the big bundle at the end um would never have happened if there weren't fans in the ground no you know, that 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 passion that was there from the fans and the players to you know to lead to that you know big skirmish towards the end that would never have happened in an empty stadium I don't think no, I think you're right, because once it starts, it suddenly continues, because I, I don't know what the crowd were like at that moment, but it did feel as though everyone was part of that scrap. Yeah, it is. You know, when, when you have that... I mean, the great thing about football... People say to me, what, what is it about football that you love? Why are you so obsessed with it? And I'm like, well, there is that... You know, blokes are not very good at emotional commitment, so this is quite a good way of, you know, a, 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 of transporting your emotions you know into something you know football's football's a good thing for that um but also that that sense of collective purpose that comes with supporting a team with lots of other people you know really you really get that at a ground at the live experience when it works well you know when, when you're in a situation where you all are, are part of a collective whole there's nothing quite like that feeling. And and I think we I sort of rediscovered that on Tuesday and it was amazing. It was amazing. I came out completely buzzing, you know, from the wow, you know, wow, that 90 minutes, I didn't think about anything else apart from the game. I didn't think about any issues at work or my dog that's not very well or anything. Didn't think about anything. I just completely focused on the game. And that's what's amazing about football. And it was great to have that back. And, and that's it. You've summed it up. That's football. Mm. We need that. That's the escapism of football and I don't think in a lot of ways with the way even though we've seen all the games and everyone's witnessed more football potentially than they ever have done Mm. the escapism wasn't there because it didn't take you out of yourself didn't transport you you, did it no No. and I think that's why Saturday is going to be people say oh god so you're going to get up at like four in the morning travel to Portugal for the day and then you're going to be why why would you do that and I'm like because that 90 minutes or 120 minutes if it goes to extra time that that's going to be worth it you know because it's going to be transporting whatever happens win or lose for those 90 minutes or 120 minutes I will be in that moment and that's worth it I'll travel I'll travel to the ends of the world for that yeah and and uh, as you say you know that you're transported literally and at the end of it you can say I was there mm. happily or sadly and everyone will nod sagely I don't think there's anything... I mean, I think we've all got moments in our football memory, particularly those of us that go to a lot of live football. We've all got moments where we can remember being completely transported. You know, for me, it's the Napoli game in the Champions League 2012 run, the Liverpool result, you know, that Liverpool amazing Champions League night at Stamford Bridge when we beat Liverpool. You know, that nights like that will live with you forever. Other people don't they don't have those experiences. You know, people and that don't night- follow follow football. I mean you might get it from music occasionally, being at great gigs, you know, I think that's a similar sometimes a similar rush. Um but sport, big moments, big iconic moments in sport, they live with you forever. They sustain you forever. Yeah, and you're and they also 
you remember what was going on around you at the time. It, just weird things you remember. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Sport is like nothing else. Possibly music, possibly iconic gigs, but they're less so than those those games, those games that stand for everything. You know, Particularly I, I just... football as well, because it's so intense, because it's only 90 minutes. And I've been at some incredible cricket matches. You know, I've, been, I've, I've witnessed amazing cricket matches, but that's an all-day experience. You know, I, I wasn't at the World Cup final for cricket, and I wasn't at Headingley when Ben Stokes performed his heroics. But I watched it on the TV, and it was incredible and iconic. And I would imagine if you were there, it was a similar emotion. But you'd have had to have sat there all day for that last hour of magic do you know what i mean whereas in football yeah. it's all in 90 minutes it's all massively amplified and massively magnified and hyper real for 90 minutes and it's a it's an incredible experience and i don't think that people who haven't experienced that can really understand it without without making it sound it's only football ultimately but if you haven't experienced it you 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 know you you probably don't understand why people eulogize about it so much yeah, I, I'd agree with you. So, I mean, we go back to the Leicester game. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about coming down with a bump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> no, at least we got through it. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the side, what did you make of the side that he put out? Well, it was probably the best side he could put out. I mean, I don't think, you know, there was much argument about Mendy in goal, a back three of uh, James, Silver and Rudiger. You know, that, that FA Cup final thing where he put James in the back three and Azpilicueta, you know, at, at wing-back, he did that again. And that made me raise my eyebrow. And we'll come on and we'll talk about that. It worked really well in this game. Um, and then a sort of midfield of Azpilicueta, Kante, Jorginho and Chilwell as the other wing-back. Uh, and then Pulisic and Mount behind Werner up front. You know, I, I guess you could have argued about Pulisic or Werner. But, you know, apart from that, it's probably the best team he could have put out at, at, at that point. So I didn't have an argument with it, did you? No, not really. You know, that you, you're, you're starting to see the, the places where things or people are missing... Um, and it, look, there, there was a concern about we've got to win this, but we've also got to look after players that we knew and we'd heard were nursing a little bit of a knock that Kante wasn't quite right, perhaps. And, you know, Mason Mount had had a knock. Um, and I have to say, Leicester, you know, people go on, oh, they're everyone's second favourite team. I don't know about that because... You know what? They aren't this charming side. They were pretty rugged, I thought, the other night. I think they got away with a lot. I mean, Mason Mount was getting some treatment, I thought. Yeah, I mean, indeed, he's a thug in the middle, isn't he? Um, I quite like him, to be honest. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, of him course. and him and uh, Tielemans in the middle. They're they're a good central double six. Well, they yeah, they're a double six, I guess. But you know, it's they're a good central pairing. Um, you know, they're both pretty pretty tough. Um, I, I thought their wing back struggled a little bit. Thomas and Albright, and I don't think they really got a handle on what we were doing. Their back four was, was was reasonable. You know, Vardy's always a threat. Madison, I don't think, really impacted the game like like he could do. Iosi Perez, I didn't think, was was all that. You know, so they didn't really turn up. And I, I just, I, I genuinely think they were a bit intimidated by the crowd. I genuinely felt that, you know, after the heroics of the FA Cup final a couple of days earlier, where they, you know, where they, you know, where they probably did deserve to win overall, but they didn't really show up with the same intensity, and we did. And I, I just never felt that we would lose this game. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, there, there were things that came out of this. Um, one, Kovacic coming back 
uh, he was off the pace, I thought, which is always going to happen if you've been out for, I think, I think it's six weeks. Um, and then, so he needs those minutes in his legs. Because well, I don't think he was expecting to come on after half no, an hour. Exactly. You know, no, exactly. That's, that's what I mean. I think he probably wanted to give him 20 minutes at the end. Uh, can take well, he to... said that, didn't he? He well, said he was he? always yeah. going to bring him on right. uh, for 20 minutes. So, yeah, you're spot on there. Yeah, I didn't hear that. But, but um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? You, you bring your player out, give him 20 minutes at the end, hopefully when you're winning. But Kante gets injured, he has to come on. And, um, you know, I thought he, he, he took a little while to get into the game. But, you know, and, and, and obviously... Was was probably at fault for the goal, but it's um, it's uh, you know it, it it wasn't a terrible uh, substitute to bring on at that point. No, not not at all. Um, and it did get minutes in his legs, which, looking at it, it will help him because you get the feeling that he may be needed for part or all of the Champions League final. But well, we'll you think if Kante's that. not fit, he'll pay. You know, I mean, uh, he'll play if Kante's not fit. Okay, so we, we come to the elephant in the room and golo kante's fitness mm. that he's looking as though he keeps breaking down and it's got to be a concern because what we've seen in the last eight nine weeks or whatever from him has been miraculous he's most been astonishing of the time, he's, he, he, you know i said on social media there's no point picking a man of the match because it's kante it's always kante yeah i mean he he has been him and mason mount have been the the two names, I think, no matter what, they just go on the team sheet. Yeah, pretty I mean, much Matt, all the you time. know, I, I, that was a very flippant and glib comment because, of course, Man, Mason Mounts had some amazing performances, but there's there's an, there's something about Kante I know what you mean. when he plays. He's so good. He's so dominant in games. For me, it's hard to look past him. You know, or, or certainly has been hard to look past him in a lot of those games. Um, but so, so when he's potentially missing for the biggest game of the season, that's that is a real concern. Yeah, we just have to look. I, I, I've said this, and I'll say it again. Um, if Ngolo Kante is not fit. He starts whatever at City. And if he comes off after two minutes, he comes off after two minutes. Let's not forget that David Luiz and Gary Cahill played on one leg each through played. that Champions League final win. Yeah, played, um, played carrying I, their, their hamstrings in a suitcase. Exactly. You know, so I would think whatever happens, Kante will appear at the start. He has the other, to, the other, The other example of that, of course, is Diego Costa coming on for Atletico Madrid in the Champions League <laughs> final and coming off after two minutes. Yeah, but the, that's what I'm saying. Isn't that what it's about, though? These players are so important. Yep. OK, look, if he's completely screwed, yeah, he's not going to play. But if there's just a chance he might get you an hour on the pitch, you take it, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think you have to because he's so important and you get people, you know, round him trying to help him out. Although that that's easier said than done because he's usually gone. I've done that and now I'm over here. Yeah. So we'll have to see. I mean, I've got great fear about that. Pretty much anyone else I think we can cope with um, not being inside one way or another. But he kind of scares me. But the other thing that came out of this, which is yet again something we've talked about all the time. That first half against Leicester, we were fantastic without ever putting the ball in the net. And this, this, this I fear that this could come back to really bite us against City. If we don't take chances, if we don't have someone who does something ruthless, 
we're, we're asking for it, aren't we? And it, and it was a concern. I mean, how was the mood in the, in the ground? You know, I've, I've, I've seen it when you miss chance after chance and everyone gets upset. But I should imagine everyone's still supportive, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, they were supportive. I didn't hear any, you know, abuse of, of players missing chances. It's been an issue, isn't it? Uh, it was an issue yesterday against Villa. Um, certainly an issue uh, against Leicester. It, you know, until we resolve that by buying somebody that can put the ball in the net on a regular basis and score us twenty league goals a season. Um, you know, or whether one of our players discovers how to do it, which isn't looking likely, likely at the moment. Um, we're, we're not going to be competing, I don't think for the league at least um you know you could win in, in one off games but uh, you know i just think it's a it's a huge issue and I, you know what 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 i would say as well is you cannot blame the manager for this the manager is putting out a team that's creating chances it's not the manager's job to finish them you know mason mount yesterday missing an absolute guilt-head chance against villa um you know somebody that you could normally rely on Werner, we all know about uh yeah i mean if we put a little video compilation of all the chances missed this season it would be it would be a horror film yeah and and we ended up having to rely on kind of a deflection off the thigh of uh antonio yeah Rudiger. i thought he handballed that as well when i first saw it <laughs> no i was thinking oh my god no it's going to be all right but you never know do you but you know our luck's out on certain calls um but you know and i mean the whole the whole Werner offside thing yeah it's you know he probably shouldn't be he of course you know he's a you know highly professional experienced player but you know Tuka wants him to play on the shoulder he wants him to use that burst of energy and pace to, to get beyond and you know I always say he only needs one just needs one if he's offside six times but scores one it's sometimes enough um it just hasn't quite gone for him and I actually saw him hanging back a little bit in the Villa game and you know he'll work on that but I don't think it's anything to get you know to, to throff at the mouth about it's just frustrating that we're creating all these chances and they're either being chalked off or we're missing them. Yeah, and the other guy who's gone a little bit off the boil, and I'm not blaming him, maybe it's also because it's just not working with everyone else, is Pulisic. Um, I thought he got treatment as well, but he, I don't know, there's something, he had a spark a few weeks ago, Mm. and I don't know what it is, but so far for me, the best moments for this team have been that Manchester City semi-final um, the away win and Real Madrid. And I just hope we haven't peaked because he suddenly doesn't look quite right, does he? I thought he had a really poor game against Leicester and I thought he had a reasonably poor game against Villa as well. Um, and he just looks lightweight and he looks lacking in confidence. He couldn't hold the ball up. He was easily knocked off the ball and then he wasn't going past people, which is clearly a confidence issue. He didn't look like he had the confidence to finish. You know, I was staggered that he was on the pitch for 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, it, and, and especially when you've got, you know, other options on the pitch as well. I just, I, I couldn't understand, you know, why Pulisic was given 90 minutes when you had, um, you know, when, when, as I say, when you, you had those options on the bench, when you had Ziyech on the bench, when you had Hudson-Odoi on the bench, 
uh, and yet he, he stuck with him. And and I, I got really really frustrated with him in that game, especially in the Leicester game, um, because I couldn't I couldn't see what he was doing or what he was adding. It just went the ball went to him. They pressed him. They robbed him, and they came back into our half. And you know I me, mean, I don't like to play a blame. I really don't. You know, and I certainly wouldn't be standing up screaming abuse at him. At, you know, in in the middle of the thing, my son got quite cross with me because I kept saying how frustrated I was with it. Um, but you know, it's just an opinion. You know, that I just didn't think that he was adding anything to the team and I was frustrated looking at players warming up on the touchline that weren't coming on so how ironic is it that we end up with a penalty which Jorginho tucks away beautifully and becomes the Premier League leading scorer for us with nine goals or whatever it is ten goals seven goals in the Premier League not good I is mean, it no I, I mean, mean how it, we finished says... fourth when our top scorers got seven goals uh, and all penalties. Yeah. Um, it, but that sh- most of them won by Timo Werner, we have to say. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is, this profligacy has threatened to derail us. Now, it's not just this year. Last year was the same. Yeah. We, we haven't had the man, somebody who can demand the ball since Diego Costa. Yeah. Um, and, and I and think. And before that, obviously. Of course, yes. Yeah. But I mean, we had, that was the last person. That's some years ago now. And I agree with you. I, I think, honestly, I think we could get through a season, another season with the defence we have, especially if we get. Just spend Mark all the money Gerhi on a striker. Back. That's what you're saying. Yeah, Just spend all exactly. the money on a striker. Um, we're not probably not going to get Harry Kane because I doubt, I doubt they'll sell him to us. And I think, you know, Harry Kane coming to Chelsea from Spurs, that's death threat territory, isn't it? I'm not sure he would want to put him and his family through that. So I would imagine he'll go to United. That's my, that's my view on it. Lukaku. Okay, is he going to score enough goals for us? Really? I don't know. Do we play the kind of style of football that would suit him? Who knows? Maybe. Um, I'm not as thrilled about him as some people. Uh, Holland, I think, would be incredible. Will we get him? Probably not. I don't know why. I just don't feel that we will. And then we're into who else is their territory? Um, you know, the, the other elephant in the room, of course, is Tammy Abraham. You know, we talked about it last week. He's our top scorer. He's not even getting a game. He's not He's not even in the squad sometimes. Uh, he clearly doesn't trust him or rate him or doesn't think he's got a future at the club. So, you know, unless he's thinking, well, you're, you're out, you're going to be out anyway. We're going to sell you, um, you know, to fund a major purchase in the summer. That's the only thing yeah. I can think because otherwise it's just weird. So I would say spend it all on a striker because that's what we need. We need someone who can finish. We, we, we've got a strong enough defence. I think our midfield is got enough options in midfield, and I think that you know up front with with the options that we've have, uh, you know, to support a focal point striker, I think we've got enough. So just put it all on red or yeah. blue. <laughs> put it all on blue. Yeah. I, I'd agree. Just get a striker. Really, I I would like a summer where we buy the equivalent of two players that that year that made the difference in Fabregas and Costa. Yeah. I think we could do with a, a slightly different midfielder and a striker. Yeah, if you and bought Declan it, Rice and Eric Holland, we'd win everything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's simple, actually. But that's that was the thinking behind Fabregas and Costa. Yeah. If we buy these two, this team is complete. And I agree with you. Those two players would be... You know, okay, they might break the bank, but you know what? Everyone would love to see it. As who's a Chelsea fan, break the bank because we know we've got the kids to, that are in and around the team now. So all that side of things is happiness. Um, the only sadness is Tammy Abraham. I don't think uh, that 
Tuchel sees him even as a squad player. Yeah. I mean, he's not even getting on the bench. So either they've had a falling out or he goes, you know what? You're not my man. I like you, but you're going. Mm. Uh, and that's it. Mm. You know, um, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to watch this space. Again, it'll be interesting to see what happens, won't it? Because with the Euros on, will people try and do all the business before the Euros start? Or is there going to be a sort of... The problem is after the Euros, all the players will go on holiday and you get suddenly a real truncated window. But you get that, think, and also you get a lot of players going, right, I need a, yeah, as you say, I need a holiday now, and then pre-season starts, and you've got staggered pre-season, where some people are back and some people aren't, and, you know, it's uh, these kind of Euro World Cup years are always tricky. You know, the, the you know you basically end up with a load of exhausted players, you know, who've just played, a, you know, 38 you know, a league campaign. Plus, if you've got to the Champions League final, you've had all those games. Mason Mount's played another fifty games this season. Um, you know, so so it's not it's not ideal for the transfer window because I would imagine them and their agents are talking, they are having conversations. But when it comes to the complicated negotiations and legal and financial ramifications, it's not it's not the ideal time to for for players to have the headspace to do that. No, I agree. So I just get a feeling we're going to see action as of after the Champions League final. I think it could be a busy week or two. Maybe not. Maybe we'll just come down to Jim What's-His-Name on Sky Sports getting hysterical as usual. And somebody um, waving a dildo, you know, yeah. and, and all that stuff, you yeah, know, which is all good fun, but actually quite like the business to be done in a calm and measured professional way. Yeah, Rather exactly. Than, you know, always standing outside Stamford Bridge and the lights are on, and there's Bruce Buck, you know, getting out of his car. I hate all that. I mean, I yeah. know it's exciting, and there's a bit of jeopardy involved in it, but you know, I just really want want you know a picture to suddenly appear of you know a player on the pitch holding the shirt or sitting at a desk with Marina, you know, with a pen in his hand. They're, they're the ones I like, where it's like, oh, we've done a deal. You know, yeah. I like that one. I don't like all the speculation and the fanfare and he's in a helicopter nonsense. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Unless it's Peter Eldon Wingy who's <laughs> going to try and get a deal at a place. And uh, that, that still QPR. was one of my favourites. Yeah. yeah, QPR. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. But yeah, no, I, I agree. So, you know, and you get Harry Redknapp winding down his window, you know, all that, all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they're the classic, they're the classic images. So, I mean, that's all know. right for your little teams, Kerry. You yeah. know, but for your but elite proper. European clubs, let's just do the business. Let's just go yeah. out there, stick 150 million on the table for Eric Holland, and you know, and, and, and get him in. Just just make him an offer he can't refuse. Because that's, that's the it. other thing as well. You know, a lot of the big, you know, so-called mega clubs, the Real Madrids, the Barcelonas, to a degree, the Juventus, they haven't got any money. You know, so we especially are, not this year. No, that's what I mean. And so we are in a really strong position in the us and City, particularly. I think United, to a degree, have got some cash, and and so we're in the market for it. So if a player is going to move and he wants to make some money, we are an option. I'm just not sure whether we're the option. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think players like Holland, who are wanted by people like Real Madrid, I think if somebody else doesn't buy them this summer, the next summer. They they will go to probably somewhere like Real Madrid. I think it's an opportunity to get in there. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to see. But I also think people need to move quickly because, of course, if these players play well in, in you know, yeah. um, 
in euros and things, prices go up. Who knows? We just need to get on with it. It's all, all very, right. it's all very silly and, and lots of speculation. Yeah. I know you love a, I know you love a dodgy website, but well, you, you've not. come up, you've come up with more speculation than me so far today. So in what you sense? know, you've. Well, you've mentioned Declan Rice and you've mentioned Hall. Yeah, but that's I'm not because some bloke on, you know, Football Talk Weekly has, has said they've spoken to some bloke in a pub and he says that's because they're players that you think, well, they would work really well for the club. I'm not speculating. I'm just, you know, I'm just sort of saying it just seems that, you know, if you were going to add players into the Chelsea squad, th- these pe- these pe- players would make sense. But I'm certainly not saying that it's any anywhere near likely or possible. I've no idea. No, neither have I. And that, that's what makes it exciting because, you know, as I've said a thousand times, I love that. Like you do. Suddenly Chelsea have gone, here's the player. And we go, oh, my God, I had no idea we were even in for them. Yeah. There is th- that, that's when it gets magical. That 2005 I, or was it 2004 uh, <laughs> yes. period where it was like, oh, here's Varon. Oh, here's Joe Cole. Oh, here's Iron Robin. And then suddenly every day <laughs> was this, you know, amazing player. And there was no lead up, no, no sort of um, speculation. I suppose the, you know, Twitter and that were in, were in their infancy or not even existing around that time. So we didn't have that level of 24-hour rolling speculation. But it was amazing to kind of go, there's another one. I'm signed another yeah. one. Yeah. I, I love that. That's what I like. I just like, yeah. you know, I like the thrill of sort of going, bloody hell, well done. Well done, Marina. I like that. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, look, um, just last word before we go to the break on, on the, the Leicester game. So there we are, comfortable 2-0, trotting away. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Have a little rest and r- relax. Then Ian Acho scores and it should have been 2-all in the end, shouldn't it? Well, there was a chance at the end, wasn't there, where I think it was yeah. Perez who, who was, you know, at fault for the big fight at the end, who, who should have buried it, really, or should have at least hit the target. But, you know what, we should have done as well. We, we had a stone-cold penalty, which we haven't even mentioned, turned down. You know, we had several opportunities. Uh, the goalkeeper, you know, performed, you know, reasonable heroics as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think it evened out in the end that we, we should have won it. But, yeah, it just shows the margins that we're playing against. In the FA Cup final, it was the width of a shoulder in this it was a shank shot from the edge of the area you know these these are the margins you know we play on the edge Tuka wants us to play on the edge he wants us to play with bravery with you know you know without with our heads up and to take chances and to take the team to the opposition and we are going to leave ourselves open on occasion but you know I, I think he he plays the percentages if you're brave enough the, you'll get more chances and I, I you know I kind of accept that and agree with it but the the point really being that only Chelsea can make you have such an uncomfortable 14 minutes. Oh, it minutes. wouldn't be Chelsea if it, if it wasn't no. like that, would it? I mean, if we just cruised a 5-0 victory, that, that's not us. We don't do that, Kerry. You know that. How long have you been supporting the team? Exactly. You that's know, Man City point. go and smash Everton 5-0 without even breaking sweat. We don't do that. You know, we, we've got to no. take it down to the last minute and sit there on yeah. the edge of our seats. I mean, it was, it was horrible, wasn't it? I, mean, I, was, <laughs> I was having kittens in the stadium. Well, well, that's it. I actually thought of you at one point going... I wonder how he's coping. I had two, like, two old blokes, like, uh, properly old blokes, you know, 70-year-old blokes, sitting a couple of seats away, socially distanced from me, who were just moaning the whole game through about, get rid of it, forward, <laughs> get rid of the ball. And at one point I turned around to one of these chaps very calmly and just said, look, you know, have you not been watching us all season? This is what we do. You know, this is how we break the transition. This is how we break the press. If you just boot the ball up, it's going to come straight back at us. Do you not? get that and he sort of looked at me blankly as if to say just get rid of it mate and it's like you know i'd forgotten i'd forgotten that you know that that 
type of fan in the stadium who just doesn't doesn't want to doesn't accept or doesn't get the fact that there are styles of play that aren't rooted in the 1970s you know that that aren't rooted in 442 get rid of the ball get it to the big man up front you know which is I'd completely forgotten that so that was a bit of a shock to sit next to somebody who was that sort of luddite in their thinking and I, I you know I probably shouldn't have said anything but I just I just was astonished I was like do you not have you not watched us play? You not realise that teams press us, we have to break the press. You know, all right, he got caught in possession. Kovacic got caught in possession. He was a bit rusty a little bit. You know, normally he's all right on the ball, but, you know, he got pressed hard and, 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 and we lost out. But generally, this is how we play. We play with that level of bravery from the back. You have to accept that yeah. if you're going to watch us. But, yeah, you know, there's no, still it's... all these fans there that are like, forward, get rid. It's like, I don't get it, mate. Ah, oh, people just don't get the, the yeah. fact that you're so cultured. It's not that. Um, it's not that, though, is it? It's just like, have you not watched the team? Why, you know, yeah. it, it is a I man... want it to go back long route. Oh, it's much better. No, it, and it's not as if we have a big man up front. You know, you've got Timo Werner up front. What's he going to do up against Fafana and, um, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, Castagna and Soyuncu? What's he going to do against them? It's like it's going to come straight back at you, mate. Honestly, yeah, it's like really just watch the bloody game. <laughs> right, anyway, well, rant look, we over. should, yeah, rant over. That's it, and we now need to rest after that. So we're going to our break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct. Something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back. So What did you do during the break, Kerry? What did I do during the break? Hmm. Uh, I had a sip of tea, um, had some water, and I just kicked back and relaxed for a while. What about you? Oh, pretty much the same, yeah. Excellent. Well, here we are, back after our restful break, and uh, it was on to Villa. Now, what could possibly go wrong? Destiny was in our hands. There was Leicester sitting in fifth, there was Liverpool sitting in fourth, and there was Chelsea sitting in third, playing against a team, well, that had actually just beaten Spurs at Spurs, but, you know, that's easily done these days. Uh, but we would get a result, wouldn't we? Wasn't that the thinking? And where did it all go so wrong? Well, I think I think I think there's a few things to unpack there. I mean, I, yeah, really. You did. Yeah. You did feel. One did feel that this should have been a game that we could win. I mean, Villa aren't haven't been amazing this season, have they? They've they've ended up finishing, you know, respectively eleventh. Um, you know, which is okay, I guess. Um, but they are uh, twelve points behind. Uh, hang on, yeah, twelve points behind us. 
Um, they've had a decent season by their standards, particularly you know by the standards of last season. So they're no mugs. Uh, they had Grealish come back into the team, you know, as their kind of talisman. They had their home fans in the ground. We didn't have any, so all those factors played into it. But you'd think with a top four place within touching distance that we would get up for it and show some intensity in the game. And you know, we we just didn't didn't feel like we were at it really not not to the degree but again we created enough chances we sort of dominated the first half we could have put it out of sight and and once again we didn't it's the same old problem and we just got found out Kerry do you think there is something to be said though as we were talking about the home fans for Chelsea against Leicester Actually, the fans took the Chelsea players by surprise and they just couldn't get in the game. I, I, I think pro- probably, probably there was an element of, you know, of, of, of that. They're not, they're not used to that. But again, I think you would have thought that they could get up for this game and, and just take the game to them. And, you know, if you, if you looked at it, we, you know, we did, we got on the front foot, we, we pressed them. There were phases and periods during the game when we were completely dominant. We did create chances. Mount had that absolute sitter that he should have buried um frank lampard would have buried it you know that's all i'm gonna say so it's uh, and the only reason i say that is you know people making those comparisons it's like he you know the finishing element of it not just him i'm not picking on him i think he's been an incredible player this season quite rightly player of the season but i just think that he him other players in the team they can't they can't just not take those chances and smile and think, well, another one's going to come along. Because sometimes they don't. They've got to be ruthless. Got to be ruthless in front of goal. I'm not saying anything. Nobody, nobody doesn't know. Yeah, but I also think there's something, because we don't have a ruthless clinical striker or someone up front who finishes, the pressure is on all these other players. They go oh, my God, I've got to score this. And that puts added pressure on themselves. Well, they should be thinking, oh, God, I've got to score this anyway, shouldn't they? Yeah, but what I'm saying is because we actually score so few goals that it racks up on them, I I would have thought the amount they miss must sit on them. Whereas if they've got a guy in the middle who always bangs in 20 or 22 goals... Maybe it takes the pressure off. I'm not making excuses. No, I know what you're saying. I, I know what you're yeah. saying. I discussed this with my son about how I, how we both think that Werner is going to be a much better player when he's got a dedicated striker to play off. Exactly. When he's when he can play, you know, almost a ten role and 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 chip in with assists. And if he gets ten or twelve goals a season and a dedicated uh, specialist striker gets gets twenty goals a season, yeah, that's thirty two, thirty five goals a season. We'll, we'll have that all day long. Thank you very much. And if Mason Mount can chip in with ten. You know, then 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 we're laughing, and I think that 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 that's what's missing. We've discussed it in the first half of the program. We know what's missing. Yeah. I just think that anybody that thinks that this result was an anomaly and we, you know, we, we, you know, it's it's an absolute shocker is a little bit deluded because this this result has been coming all season, you know, and it, and it has come in certain games. If you don't take your chances, you can get sucker punched, and we did. Yeah, it's symptomatic of our season. Yeah, it is. It was our, our season in a, micro, in a microcosm, really. Yeah, what what has kept us up there and getting us back up there has been our defence. It's not been our attack. Yeah, you know we've created 
God knows how many chances in a game and come out of it with one goal or sometimes two. I mean, there were certain um, players that weren't at it in this game at all. I thought Kovacic played really well. I thought Kovacic, I thought it was a good game. Yeah, I thought yeah. Kovacic had a, had a really good game. Um, I thought I thought Rhys James had his weakest game for a long time. I think he really struggled in the first half on, on his side. Um, when he switched into the middle, I thought he had a good last 15 minutes of the game where, where he played well. But it wasn't a good game from him. He didn't he didn't seem at it at all. Um, Jorginho didn't have a good game, you know. And I've been a big supporter of him this season. I'm leaving aside the penalty that he gave away, I just don't think he dominated or bossed the game as as he as he could do. And maybe that's something to do with having Kovacic next to him. Who knows? Um, I didn't think Mason Mount had a particularly good game. I don't think Pulisic had a good game. Werner was Werner. Werner buzzed around, did his thing. You know, Werner Werner plays fairly consistently. Um, you know, it's. It was just one of those games where we some players just didn't play to their ability. Yeah, uh, and that worries me. When the chips are down, they didn't they didn't have anything to draw on, and they couldn't draw from the well. One thing that um, worries me when the chips are down is that it's like if we concede one, if you feel like we're going to concede two, it's like it's yeah, it's like yeah. we either concede none or we're going to concede two or more. It's not like we're going to, you know, concede one and then come back into it and, and all that kind of stuff. I think that it's, it just feels like our, our psyche is a little bit fragile when we concede. And, and that, that worries me. I think we can shut teams out. But if we concede one, then we can, we can go to pieces mentally. And uh, I, I don't think we went to pieces, but we didn't react particularly well, I don't think. No, we threatened to. And there's, there's a couple of things out of that about Reese James... I, I, look, I thought it was fine for the cup final, switching their roles and having Aspi at wing back. It was okay. We've done it now three times on the trot. I just don't like Leicester. it. Worked brilliantly. Kerry worked brilliantly against Leicester in the league game. It absolutely yeah, yeah, no, I mean, changed against the game. Vardy. Yeah, exactly. With Vardy, I think it worked well. But I. But didn't. Well, no, what I, I'm saying is, didn't work in the cup final. Absolutely worked in the league game. Didn't work that well in this game. So I think one out of three, it worked. Well, I thought it worked in the cup final no, and the fact that it kept Vardy quiet, no, without a doubt. It didn't work in the cup I final. I think Reese James... Well, it did, well, because, because it Vardy totally negated our attacking threat down the right-hand side. That's, look, their so point was work. about defence. Well, no, it did, because it did what Tuchel wanted but it to do. But we lost the game. Was, yeah, I, so it didn't no, work. I agree that. But what I'm saying is, for Tuchel, his idea was to take care of Vardy by having Reese James back there. Um, I don't like it. I think it's a negative move. And I think that's exactly what you're saying, is that going forward, it just doesn't work because it doesn't work. I agree with you, the the league game, it worked. Um, I still don't like it particularly. And I really thought it was it was just, it did nothing for the Villa game either. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I think... Sometimes we get a bit experimental. And look, you know, I'm not going to judge Tuchel on anything until next November when we see exactly what he wants to do with this side. Um, what I would say is I kind of got a bit worried with the, with the Villa game in the fact that once all our normal plans were out the window, it just became really chaotic and trying to harem, scarem, slalom, hope against hope well, that we he, might he, score. He um he changed the formation, didn't he? He went four at oh, the back. Big time. Yeah, and put put uh, James in midfield. It wasn't the worst thing to do. I think it just frees you up more attacking wise and we did take the game to them. 
The penalty was. I mean, look, listen. I thought that the 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 first goal, the Bertrand Traore goal. I mean, who was picking him up? I mean, that was just poor. It just, yeah. you know. I mean, he was completely free. You can't do that. You can't do that at this level. Just let a player take a shot from the penalty area from a corner. That's ridiculous. Um, the second one, clumsy. But you know, I, I mean, there's an argument to say Jorginho should never have been put in that position. That that ball should have been stopped from coming across. If I'm being generous, um, but it was a little bit clumsy, and you know, and that stuff happens. But you know, it is what it is. They're the margins, and 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 we lost the game. We're going to lose games of football. We're very very lucky that Spurs managed to dig us out of a hole. Because without seen... Champions League football this year, I think it would have been a struggle to sign the kind of players that we want to sign. Yeah, and I I have to say I've never seen so many messages coming through celebrating Tottenham scoring goals. It was just so bizarre. It really was. Yeah. But the other thing. Two little things we should mention. Um, Edouard Mendy, how worrying and how much of a concern is him potentially being out of the Champions League final? Well, I don't know what the story is. What's the latest story? Well, there's been no news since last night, but they're concerned. He's gone off for a, an X-ray on his rib. Yeah. Uh, I think they're checking to see whether it's cracked. I mean, if, it's, if, it, if he's broken a rib, well, that's it. He's gone, isn't he? Well, it's a, it's a uh, huge, huge problem. Because yeah, I don't trust Kepper in a Champions League final. Simple as that. No, neither do I. Um, I really hope, again, they find a way to give him the right dose of painkillers. give him a load of heroin and strap him up, whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever it takes. Just, like, literally strap him up Iron Man style and pump him full of drugs, you know, for 90 minutes. That, that would be my professional, considered, measured advice. Exactly. So it is starting to look like 2012. Mendy out there, smacked off his head. You've got N'Golo Kante, <laughs> you know, on the crutches in the middle of the pitch. He'd still be this better than it. most midfielders in the world. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you know, so somehow we ended up managing to claim a Champions League place, um, which was amazing uh, and extraordinary. And you know, yeah, uh, look at it though, right? So, so I think you know what I would say about that is if you look at the final table and 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 you look where everything is, you know, were we the fourth best team in, um, you know, the fourth best team in in England? I think we probably were. I think we probably were over the, over the scope of the season. I mean, I know the maths say that we were, but I think we probably were the fourth best team. In, in the country, so I, I don't have a problem with us finishing in the top four. It doesn't it doesn't feel like we're we're there without justification. We just made it really really hard for ourselves. I well, th- as I said, I think we have been I, better than Leicester over the course of the season. I think we probably we have been better than Tottenham and West Ham. Um, so I think that I don't I don't feel like we're there we're there snidely. I just think we got a little bit of luck on the last day of the season when we when we you know sort of ran out of steam a little bit and that's my concern for the Champions League final is that have we I don't think we've have we bottled it I don't think we've bottled it I genuinely think that we've just played too many intense games in too short a period and we've slightly run out of steam but is, is there one is there one last go in the in in, in this squad this season you know you, all bets are off at a Champions League final isn't it you know. Yeah, as I said, did we peak with Real Madrid? And also, as I said, you know, only Chelsea could conceive such a Chelsea way of qualifying for the Champions League. But we, you know, but so, we played so badly in the FA Cup final and so well yeah. on Tuesday with such intensity. Who knows? It's football. Yeah. 
Well, bad yesterday, so it means next game good. Well, so you know, there's I'll something to that. be said for for coming off a loss and basically saying, is this how you want your season to end? You want your season to end with a you know with two bad losses in big games? Is that is that how you want to be remembered this season, or do you want to go out there and become legends? It's entirely up to you, and that's the team yep. talk, really. Yeah, exactly. All right, look, we're just about out of time, so we should get to the Champions League. Can we do it? Yeah, of course we can do it. I think we're probably 60-40 underdogs. I think that Good. I think City have the squad. I think they have the momentum. I think they have the desire because they've never won it. I think they've easily been the best team in the Premier League, if not Europe, if not the world this season. So I think it's all it's all to do. But we have beaten them and we have shown how to play them. Tuchel has got something on Guardiola. Um, but they are very, very good. And the smart money, the smart betting money will be on Man City. But we have been here before in 2012 against a Bayern Munich team that, that slaughtered everyone before them in their own stadium with their vast majority of fans supporting them, with injured players players with an average squad with Ryan Bertram playing in the left of midfield with Basingwa at right back with Kalu you know with players that you wouldn't think would be able to withstand the might of Bayern Munich and we did and it was glorious and I hold out that hope there you go right we're out of time Um, but it's the hope that kills you Kerry always (laughs) always 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 okay so what's your prediction then I think it's going to be 1-1 after full time, and I think we're going to win on penalties. (laughs) That old chestnut. I'm going to go for a 2-1 extra time win for us. Oh, mate. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? I'm feeling happy now. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All right, mate. One more podcast um, to do, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. We will, unless it's a beating. If we lose by more than four goals... You won't see us next week and probably never again. <laughs> never again um, yeah. so, so there you go. Um, all right. If people want to get in touch with us, how can they do that? They want to talk to us. The probably best thing to do is come and come to talk to us on Twitter. Um, at Chelsea Podcast is our Twitter, ha- Twittle, Twitter handle. Um, you can talk to me on at Mr. A Saunders. You can talk to Kerry on at Kerry Levy, C E R I L E V Y. On Instagram, it's at the Chelsea Podcast uh, or at Kerry Levy One or at One Drew Saunders. There you go. We're out of time. Okay, just remember, Porto is the new Munich. Here we go. Let's go. Andy, enjoy your time over there, and I'll see you when you get back, mate. Cheers, mate. Up the blues. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.